0: We are the ones who don't know what we're fighting for. Give us a gun and send us all off to war. a badge so they can send us to the moon.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a are drop. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, that means we meant it. That being said, This show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised. Viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, we've got a glorious panel here ready to get into the shit talking and shenanigans. We have got a plenty this weekend in store for us, a weekend of numerous punchy, kicky goodness is abound. But before we get into all that shit, how the hell are you two gentlemen doing over there?
2: doing pretty good myself fucking been trying to work my ass off at the gym this week you've been getting my ass beat as expected but i'm fucking learning you know I'm fucking making progress so i can ask for at this moment try to get my ass in shape
3: dude keep taking the ass whooping it's worth it in the end it'll be worth it
2: yeah i mean my fucking legs beat up you know the fuck i i told uh Meter before we started. I took a couple body shots. Got my first round of sparring in yesterday. You know, I learned. I learned what I need to do to fucking you know not take those those body kicks. You know, that's um, all I can do.
3: That's, that's part the, of that the, learning curve. Yeah, can that's the best that way to world? learn.
2: Really, is to take the ass whooping fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
3: you I'm, I'm telling you from somebody who's been down that road and done those types of things. It's going to help you analyze fights way better, especially, like, even in the heat of the moment, seeing what's going on. Like, we all say, do this, do that. Sometimes you can say, do this, do that, but you'll notice, hey, there's a reason why that is not yeah. happening. You
2: know, it's just Muay awesome. this week and getting to roll around with a couple of black belts, man. Like, doing the little bit of jujitsu that I've done, I already have such more of a massive respect for what all these motherfucking dudes do. Like they have spent years of their lives training this shit. And I've done it four fucking days in a row. I'm just like, it's, it's, you know, it kills you. Like, especially me being out of shape. Like I am. Yeah. I've been getting my ass whooped. It, them fucking putting that dedication into it, It's fucking massive respect even more. Like I know, I now have a little glimpse at it. Right. And t- doing a little bit of it myself makes it, oh. makes it a little more, fun to watch the fucking fights so i'm more excited this weekend than i've been in a while just because i know what these fucking dudes do now to get themselves ready for these fucking fights yep
3: it does bring a whole new respect for it man good job keep up that great work dude, dude. i'm excited it's we got a good weekend card ahead of us um much better than the last couple not to mention um got some stuff to talk about a little later mm-hmm. excited for the little set piece here because uh we got a little shit talking that needs to be done here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely do. So, before we get into all of the craziness that the show will entail, um, I have decided that we are going to start doing our promo shit here in the beginning, because I have heard from multiple people over multiple weeks now that when we start doing our outros at the end, people pretty much just turn the show off and assume that that's the end. That ain't the end. We got shit to go after that. I'm just trying to let you know we're wrapping things up. So, To combat that fuckery, we're starting at the beginning here. So if you enjoy what we get up to in the I'm No Joe podcast, you can catch us live pretty much every Thursday. There is punchy kicky to talk about. I'm No Joe on YouTube is youtube.com slash I'm No Joe, 9.30 p.m.-ish Central Time on Thursdays. If you don't have the ability to make it here live on YouTube Thursday nights, understandable we do leave the live shows up so you can catch those in replay whenever you like but also the week after they go live on youtube they are available through your podcast consumption platform of choice via anchor excuse me anchor.fm slash i'm no joe uh the all audio version gets put out to basically every podcast platform on the planet google apple fucking stitcher speaker Podbean, you fucking name it it goes everywhere so feel free to grab that whenever you get the chance if you would like to support what we get up to around here the best way to do that on youtube is obviously just watch more videos and tell your fucking friends about it. But if you'd like to help the show itself, the easiest way to do that, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe for as little as $1 a month. You will get your name on the list of thank yous at the end of every single broadcast that goes across this stream and you will get access to the unaired and literally unerrable shenanigans that this show has gotten up to shit that we literally cannot show the public for free. I'm not trying to brag but I only know of one podcast in its entirety that has been deemed too spicy for only fans. And you're tuned into it right now. So when OnlyFans told us we were too fucking hot, we brought all that heat back over to the Patreon. So for as little as a dollar a month, you get a thank you, you get to help us do what we do, and you get to see shit that OnlyFans couldn't fucking handle. So there is that. Now, I was asked last week why we don't have some kind of an option like a super chat or something like that for folks who are tuning in live to be able to throw us a couple bucks and say hi ya That's a real simple answer. We don't have enough subscribers, you have to have at least a 1000 subscribers to be able to activate super chat and we just don't have that so obviously, if you would like to do that, help us grow to a 1000 otherwise take that money, bring it over to patreon we appreciate it either way so that being said let us jump into the actual show itself with season seven now we are trying our diggity damnedest to make sure the what did i say show stays in rotation we have got it up from last weekend with all of the crazy shit that went down if you are looking for the recap of this weekend's shenanigans keep your eyes peeled on sunday for the what did i say show coming out around at 9 30 ish provided nothing else crazy happens but before we get to there Saturday during the UFC card itself that we're going to get into in just a little bit as the premier prelim card uh, fight, I guess, Premier, premier prelim fight on the prelim card goes live. On this very channel right here, you will see our Tapology live pick update stream rolling through with wonderful Eddie and the Arsons and Adam Pilar Cheeks tunes to bless your ear holes and real-time live updating Tapology picks from our Tapology group that you'll hear more about a little bit later on. So keep an eye peeled for that Saturday afternoon as well. But how we like to start the show around here, a little bit of news and recent events information for you here. Um, It's been a hell of a news week to say the very least. Um, there were several fairly notable last-minute news pieces that came out this afternoon, so I'm going to have some out of order, but I'm going to try and keep them run down for you here. Uh, first and foremost here, uh, the UFC 280 card, October 22nd from Abu Dhabi, has gotten a couple of card, or excuse me, a couple of fights added to it here. Uh, The first one, Armin Petrosian, who we just saw not that long ago, getting back into action, taking on A.J. Dobson. And if that wasn't enough of a prospect fight for you here, we got another one added in. Carol Hosa taking on Lena Landsberg. Ladies action, getting added to Abu Dhabi as well. Uh, Moving on from there, the following week, October 29th card has Phil Hawes versus Roman Delizze added to it, which is going to be a very interesting up-and-comer fight as well. Um, the December 3rd UFC card, one of those officially TPD cards, uh, Derek Brunson versus Jack Hermanson has officially been put pen to paper and is set in stone that's going to be a very very interesting matchup indeed uh the following week after that the what looks to be the final ufc pay-per-view of the year 282 taking place the detemp- excuse me december 10th live from las vegas we do this live it happens sometimes uh very interesting fight added to it last minute this afternoon Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponza That has all kinds of crazy fucking potential behind it as well. Um 281 taking place November 12th. Holy shit, did we get a bunch of fucking fights announced for that today? So the first one that we got. Dominic Reyes getting back into the octagon against Ryan Span. That's a pretty goddamn good matchup unto itself. Then we got the big one. The big one. Carlos Sparza officially set to make her first recurrent title defense against none other than Weili Zhang, to the surprise of no one. Weili about to get that strap back
3: dude can we say they're making um that nice little moniker of second and third woman to only recover the belts they're really taking that away from people right now that's rolling
1: it right out to everybody yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was a big deal when rose did it and then it was like what just a couple months after rose did it Fucking Carla did it. Now they're gonna turn around and let Way Lee do it right after that. A couple months after Carla just did it, like if Joanna wouldn't retire, we'd legitimately be at a potential risk for her coming back around and swooping that motherfucker up again. Like, I, like at this point, I honestly don't blame Rose for seriously looking at one twenty five. because one fifteen is turning into a shit show on the ladies' side of the house. Um, where the fuck did I go? Here we go. Okay, uh, so kind of a yay, kind of a meh. Um, we did find out that this weekend's quote-unquote highly anticipated fight between Paige Van Zant and Carissa Segala has unfortunately been pulled from the BKFC London card. But if you're one of them simps that's just dying to see them fake titties bounce, fret not. They're moving it to main event, the October 15th card in Denver. So don't get your panties in a twist. The OnlyFans Championship is sticking around. They're just moving it back a couple weeks. You guys can still get your crank on. Don't worry. Um, we did get an interesting little piece of news here this week. Um, it's kind of a two-part. The first part of it is – Almost as shocking as the second part, in my opinion. Uh, We got word early this week that seemingly out of nowhere, Hurricane Shane Burgos has signed with the PFL. Kind of a shock to everybody until Dana did an interview, I think it was yesterday, where he said, oh, yeah, no, uh, it's legitimate. Shane Burgos was a free agent after his last fight. And someone who has yet to be named at the UFC, and I quote, made a huge fuck up and let that happen. Shane Burgos should still be in the UFC. We had no intention to let him go. Someone's head will roll. So maybe the first time Dana's actually recognized that they fucked up letting somebody get away and acknowledged it publicly that, yeah, no, that was a fuck up. We, we didn't mean to do that.
3: You know what? And I'm not mad at Shane. He's doing the right thing because he's going to make a lot of money over there. Because to be honest, the gene pool over there in the PFL ain't that fucking great. He's got a pretty good shot at that million dollar payday.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other side of it, the PFL didn't just offer him a fighter contract. It's a fighter and commentary contract. So he also gets to sit at the fucking desk and do some commentary, which is something he's been trying to get the UFC to let him do for almost four years now still has yet to make an appearance on a fucking desk. So PFL, he said the equivalent of three of his fights in the UFC is still not quite as much as he'll be making from a single match base pay in the PFL plus commentary gigs. Plus he gets all his fucking sponsors back. He said, no hard feelings with the UFC, but I have children and a future to look out for. And the UFC just couldn't match what the PFL offered me. They had their chance. They couldn't. I went where my future was secured. And Dana White said straight out, like, he, he made the absolute right decision. We fucked up. Someone on the UFC accounting side made a fucking error and they let Shane Burgos walk out of the goddamn organization.
3: That, that's one of their bigger fuck-ups in, as that's, far as letting it. fighters walk. Like, there's ones that they've let walk before. I'm like, eh, whatever. Burgos, right. though, they could have kept her on. He's never in a boring fight. The dude always yeah, yeah. comes to fight. To fucking bang every time yeah that man was although you know minus him having that little fucking um that little interview he did yesterday or the day before they did also have that little fucking gq just for fun interview where he said yeah i don't give a fuck about fighter pay so he kind of bit himself in the ass trying to say oh we fucked up we should have offered him more dude you're fucking lying man I hate to say it, you're fucking lying. I know you feel fucked up because you let the dude go because he's good enough to stay on the roster and stir things up over there. But then again, you also said it yourself. We're not looking at making fighter pay go up because it's equally spread out among the fighters. No, the fuck it's not. Get fucked right now and you're bullshit. You paid fighters by how much draw you think they're going to get, not by what they're actually fucking worth. Well,
1: he said it flat out when he was talking about Diaz before the first Connor match, quote unquote, Nate Diaz doesn't move the needle. He's been very honest about, it. he's not going to give promotional dollars and, you know, corporate media push to folks that he doesn't think quote unquote, move the needle for him. So if you're not going to make money for the company, they're not going to invest in, you know, promoting you. Dana's just oh, God. Damn, fucking about wrong wrong yeah. Yeah. And yeah, look at this is one of those instances where that's going to come back and bite him in the ass because I bet Shane Burgos does real fucking good. I'm not saying right now he's going to win the million right out of the gate, but I'm telling you right now, I bet you Shane Burgos does real fucking good over in the PFL. I bet you he could fucking win the million right out of the gate. Into this coming, I, I, I would year. say he's in contention. I'm not going to be so cocky as to say it's it's locked in.
3: Oh, I'm I'm not going to say he's going to give anybody
1: there a problem.
3: (laughs) He's he definitely has a good fucking shot at it. I'll say that a really good fucking shot. Because to be honest, their roster little fucking weak. Yeah, Uh, and that's a huge add to add fucking Burgos because Burgos is going to make fucking shit fly
1: over there. Right, Stevie Ray better watch his ass. (laughs) Yeah. Now that old crinkle hands is on the fucking mend and not sure if he's coming back or not, there ain't really a whole lot of other fucking competition in that division. And we know that Burgos probably would have been able to beat the shit out of old crinkle fucking hands himself as well. So it might be the time for the hurricane to take over, man. It could get real interesting over there. Uh, that being said, speaking of people, no longer on the UFC roster, we got kind of a strange one this week. Uh, former two-division glory champion Cedric Duembe has officially been released by the UFC before he ever even stepped in the octagon due to no fault of his whatsoever. Uh, He was originally scheduled to fight on the UFC Paris card, but since moving over from kickboxing to MMA, only has two professional MMA bouts and the Uh, Athletic commission doing the fight licensing for the UFC Paris card deemed him at the last minute not qualified enough to compete with someone who is five and two as a professional, like his opponent originally was. Um, So the, the commission basically told him that he didn't have enough experience to fight someone that he had been matched up against. And the UFC, rather than saying, "Oh, well, then let's try and find him a different fight with someone, you know, around that same experience," or just bring him back to the states where they can put him against whoever the fuck they want to, they released him from his UFC contract altogether. Why they decided that that would be the best course of action, I'm not a hundred percent sure but I kind of feel like that as well as the Burgos situation could be something to come back and bite them in the ass because he is from Europe. Like, he's a glory two-division kickboxing champion. He was just having issues with his paperwork with the commission because he just switched to MMA. And even
3: that, that tells me that commission's fucking terrible because the dude's been in combat sports where
1: kicking and punching is very heavily encouraged in mma yeah no it's france so i i get it they're still like in full-on window licking mode when it comes to like no oh, yeah mma over when it comes to mma they're
3: in embryo status they haven't even been born yet we can't even yeah, call them know. in toddler or infancy
1: yet yeah they're they're barely a step past a fucking skeet rocket at this point so i like i get it i'm it doesn't make sense but i understand why they've taken the path that they did as far as what they did with him of UFC uh, on the other hand that's I'll stupid
3: it, i'll put it this way the best part of MMA that has made it into France ran down the crack of France's ass and down into paris
1: right yeah pretty pretty close pretty damn close <laughs> so moving along from there kind of in that same theme um We got word that Alima Leigh McFarlane, after that horrible fucking weight miss, and then that just barely mediocre performance following it, uh, has decided that she has one more fight left in her, and then she's going to hang up the gloves and call it quits. But she doesn't just want any one fight to send herself out she feels that off of that god-awful, boring performance following a fucking weight miss, she deserves a shot at the title against Liz Carmouche, where she will win or lose, retire once the match is done. So she's literally telling Scott Coker, hey, I want to fuck your division all up one more time before I walk out the door. How's about you give me some pay-per-view dollars to do it? poker might take the bait (laughs) i'm just saying there's a slim chance but i i don't think she did enough when she did have the belt to try and make this kind of a play now that she doesn't
3: well and that's the thing is a former champion wants a retirement fight over there they might give it to her because she did have a pretty good draw
1: for them even though she didn't do a lot with the belt i would be more inclined to agree with you if they would have given Fedor the option to rematch Bader on his quote-unquote retirement tour that they announced two years ago was literally the end of his contract, they were planning out his final fights, knowing damn well he was going to be gone one way or another, they could have put that Bader fight in the lineup somewhere, and they told him <laughs> flat out that's not even an option. So as, as much as Scott Coker loves blowing Fedor in public, if he's not going to give the fucking last emperor that facial – Hey, I don't think he's gonna let Malima Le give him a fucking quick squirt.
3: Yeah, we'll see.
1: Like again, we have been very wrong about shit like that on this show before. So it is not outside the realm of possibilities of strange shit for it to happen, but it's I'm on the very skeptical side. <laughs> uh, speaking of hanging him up though. We did officially get confirmation this week that after that horrible ass-whipping dished out last week in Wales, Rory McDonald has officially decided that he is going to hang his goddamn gloves up and not a minute more than six years too late. So, again, one of those situations where Rory gave us some of the greatest fucking battles in, in MMA, period, And the fact that he is deciding of his own volition to hang the gloves up while he is still able to form complete sentences and walk a straight line, not, you know, failing a fucking DUI test, stone cold sober. Hey, you can't fucking be mad at that. On the other hand, man, he could have avoided a lot of damage to his legacy and a lot of fucking potential CTE if he would have just hung it up when it started looking bad instead of thinking hopping to PFL was going to be his fucking answer like Pettis. So... On one hand, say lovey right off into the sunset. On the other hand, take some time the fuck off. Um, and then we've got the last one here. Um it kind of had been hinted around, almost joked around about. Uh, And then this week, it it was confirmed and even semi-endorsed by the boss himself. Uh, Kamaru Usman said, flat out, that if he beats Leon Edwards this weekend, seeing as how he and Israel Adesanya are such good friends and, you know, two of the three African champions, that he has no interest in fighting him. So if he beats Leon this weekend, he then wants to make his next fight in either the title or a title eliminator match for the light heavyweight 205 pound belt. Next. The problem is Dana basically co-signed it and said that, well, he's done so much now he's obviously in the point or a pound for pound conversation, which I don't agree with these are Dana words. Uh, But At this point, if he wins again against Leon, then it's time to consider giving him the chance to do something crazy, like maybe looking at another belt.
3: How? It it doesn't make sense. For two two main reasons. Colby twice. Masvidal twice. Masvidal. Look, I love Street Jesus just as much as the next guy. But for fuck's sake, he was not title worthy no Covington was the first time second time no the first time he earned it yeah absolutely second time no and who is this other one does anybody fucking know because those are the only four that I can think of offhand right now and I know there is a fifth the fifth one but still you fought two guys twice and are considering those title defenses no you gave them undue fucking rematches that shouldn't have fucking happened I'm just saying, I'm calling fucking malarkey. You haven't done shit. Fight the rest of the division
1: that's coming up underneath. Fight anyone else in the fucking division. Jesus Christ. To be
3: quite honest, I hope Leon beats the fucking brakes off of him this weekend. Do I necessarily think it's going to happen? No, but a guy can hope. But yeah, 205, my ass. Get <laughs> fucked. Anybody in the top five of 205 will fucking wreck him.
1: Yeah, and he he made a point to mention that he doesn't need to bulk up, that his wrestling is so good that if he gets his hands on any of those light heavyweights, they're the ones who are going to have to get afraid. How fucking delusional can you really be? Does he not
3: understand there are great fucking wrestlers at the top of 205 right now? Right. Uh, uh, Apparently he doesn't think that Geary or fucking Jan or Glover or those guys
1: can fucking wrestle at all.
3: Glover has better fucking wrestling at 205 than Kamara will at 205. Guaranteed. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what Glover's been known for. Fucking wrestle somebody down to the ground and then pound the piss out of them. (laughs) <laughs> and he's got a great defense. Him. Put him in there against Glover. Let him use him as a title eliminator and watch Glover piss palm the shit out of him. Cause that would, that would make my fucking day to be quite honest. But you know, that's not going to happen. If Jane's going to go, well, we'll see how uh, it plays out with Yuri and fucking having his rematch against Glover. And then, um, well, we're just going to let him skip the line And say fuck Jan Blachowicz, even though Blachowicz does deserve a rematch.
1: You know, fuck do I know. Kids these days, I tell you. Kids these days. But that being said, that is what I have got for the news this week. Do you gentlemen have anything that I might have missed in the news coverage? Because it has been a crazy week.
2: I've got two fights that I heard about this week that I don't feel like a rumors. I didn't get full confirmation, but I'm pretty sure it's inked in. We got Max Griffin versus Tim Dirty Bird Means, uh, October 29th.
1: I hadn't seen that one, but that would be a damn good fight.
2: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's good to go, you know. So that that one was exciting. And then we already got uh, Hamdi, Abdel Wahab. He's going to be on that uh, Abu Dhabi card. He's fighting Parker Porter. I felt like that was going to be a good big man that slug one, thing.
1: That one is still that one is still rumor. That's why I didn't mention that one because I'm very excited. If that one does get penned to fucking paper, Hamdi versus Parker Porter would be I a think great fucking griff- challenge. the Griffin
2: and Tim Means is more confirmed than Hamdi. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I, I, I just I, saw that I, I and I was heard about like – but... I'm excited about this. Yeah, I, I did see the rumors from a couple different people about Hamdi versus Parker, but I hadn't seen anything from anybody that said there's been pen to paper yet. It's just closest our sources close to the the people are saying that it's in the works. And I'm like, that's great. Show me pens but put the paper. We'll get real <laughs> hyped about it. <laughs> I, I did have one other piece of news that I just thought about. Um,
3: Max Holloway has officially been knocked out for the first time <laughs> ever by the blue fucking angels.
1: I was going to say asterisk technicality, but yes, absolutely.
3: <laughs> saying. I saw that and I got a good kick out of it, especially being as he captioned it that way. And I was like, uh, yeah, Phew. I was
1: going to say, and he, wa- he owned it up too. He owned right up to it. So,
3: and apparently there's a new greatest boxer as well, but I'm not going to mention <laughs> that. Cause I don't give a fuck about that, but that fucking the blue angels thing was funny as hell. If you guys yeah. don't follow his social media, Go follow one of his socials. Go watch that video. It's fucking
1: great. Yeah. No, I I agree. That that was pretty fucking funny shit. So, with that being said, that will bring us to the first of our new to season seven segments here. Try and say that one five times fast. Uh, Slows, cans, and contenders. I think is what we're still calling it, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, I thought so. <laughs> Take it away, sir.
2: All right, so I'm going to start off with a little update on a guy we saw a couple of weeks ago. You know, a big underdog, Vinicius Salvador. He wound up winning and getting a contract a couple of weeks ago. He is being looked at through um, that October 29th card. He's going to make his debut against Clidson Rodriguez. So I'll have to look into that. I haven't heard of Clidson Rodriguez. So, I mean, they're giving him what seems to be a fairly easy fight, but he's going to make his debut fairly soon. Um, so, yeah, just him being a huge underdog, that, that's exciting. He's getting his debut along quick. Uh, we'll get to see Joe Pfeiffer here soon. Uh, he's going to get his debut after winning, like, you know, he, I think, he, yeah, he was the only one on that first week that got a contract. Dana gave that statement, being like Joe Pfeiffer, you yeah. know, uh, the big news that came out this week before I get into, like, a recap of last Tuesday and then talk about what we're going to see this weekend on the Contender Series. Uh, this was big news. I want to get your guys' opinion on this real quick. 17-year-old Raul Rosas Jr. is going to make his debut on the Contender Series September 20th. Now, I know the Nevada Athletic Commission, you only, you got to be 18 to 38. And if you're outside of that age range, you got to get the, the special license. Apparently, he had his parents sign off on it and some other fighters signed off on this. So this kid is going to get his shot on the Contender Series at 17 years old. He's already got five pro fights. So he's 5-0 oh. 17 years old. He's getting his shot on the Contender Series.
3: I both like and dislike this. One, that's I what love I, it because it the kid knows like. what the fuck he wants to do. He's obviously been doing it already, training hard. If he's five and zero, oh, is professional. Now, that's not saying he's been in any good fights. Oh no, they're all suit rather- cans.
2: He hasn't. He hasn't fought any. This will be a, a, like his biggest test. Obviously, you're, well, you're still you. Well, we should probably know, fight that- another can, but you know 17 years old and just being on that stage is the biggest moment for me still so,
3: taking five pro fights being under the age of 18 one that means your parents have to sign off on every fucking one of those cuz you're not a legal adult yet two is parents they either have something they're that I'm guessing they probably come from back from some sort of background that's either a
2: father was a fighter at some point His yeah either a fighter or wrestler
3: or something like that where they were involved in some sort of combat sport which is great i'm glad he's getting a shot that's awesome at 17 because this will kind of give him a gauge of am i going to ever be able to make this a permanent career or not Because guaranteed, even if he wins, Dana is not going to offer him a contract, even if he does it in dominating fashion. That's why
2: I wanted your opinion, because if we do see him in a few weeks actually do that, right? We get Bo Nickel the week after that again. But wouldn't that just piss you off beyond fucking belief that he made us wait? till the end of September to give Bo Nickel the contract that we know he should have already got just to really break the record. That would be the biggest reason why, in my opinion, why Daniel would sign this kid. He has finished somebody in all five of his fights. So if he goes on the contender series, gets his sixth pro fight, gets a finish, then it'll break chase Hooper's record. It'll be a 17 year old, the first, you know, kid to ever make it to the UFC. It'll give that ideal like I, the, the look, basketball like, you know, NBA or something that I mean, you can make Dana, it if you're really to young. To be quite
3: honest, I'm surprised they even offered him a contract, uh, a Contender Series contract to go out and fight on the Contender Series. At 17, Dana, Dana does like to look for new talent, fresh, young talent, which I get, but the best they give him, even with a dominant victory, is a fucking they're going to give him a developmental contract of here, go win some fights elsewhere. And once we see how you've done there, then yeah, we'll get you back in here and get you a legitimate fight. But the thing that pisses me off most about this is why in the fuck are they allowing the parent, the parents, why are they allowing their 17 year old to do this, I get it. There are leagues for fucking younger children that are not of legal age yet, where they're well, you still think wearing about, uh,
2: and- Yasmin Lucindo, who we saw just the other week, right? The battle of the Yasmin, she was 20 years old and she what, already had a dozen pro fights or yeah, more 11 like 11 she-
1: pro fights. That was, yeah, a and, and that's
2: I fine. Know, You're over the age of 18, don't you, or shit. whatever? So things are different in Brazil than here no.
3: in America. It, but here's yeah. my difference 18 and under. Under 18, children. Legally, not an adult until you're 18. After 18, do whatever the fuck you want. But there's a problem when there is a pro sports organization going out there that is involved in combat sports. Trying to pick up little kids. And that, that does irk me, and it irks me that the parents allow that to happen. Now, don't get me wrong. There is the... Counter argument to this. Well, you can join the army when you're fucking 16, 17 years old. Yes, you fucking can. That's different. That's not a combat sport. It's a fucking (laughs) job. Yeah, there's a chance you get shot at once you're 18 because you can join at 17, but they do what's called a split ops program where you go to basic training in AIT one summer and then you come back and start your job when you're 18 after you finish school you're not actually going to be getting shot at when you're 16, 17 years old. They're going to at least wait till you're 18. This shit, unacceptable, unacceptable by the parents. I'm glad for the kid. I wish him the best. I hope he wins just because, you know what, it looks great. And yeah, I do want to see new talent come in. But the reality is at 17 years old, you're still developing. As, as a human being, you're still growing and You're still mentally growing. There's a lot to be said there about taking damage that's not necessary at 17 years old. That's all I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. Everybody can say, oh, well, what about Friday Night Lights football? Yeah, same yes and no, but that's not the same. You're not in there getting this in Friday Night Football. You might catch a bad hit here and there, but it's not the same. You know that this is going to happen. One of these is going to happen. A fucking head kick. Those. That
0: like.
2: Uh, and don't it, get me wrong. I put in a chat earlier this week. Fucking Misha Tate is showing a little video. Of little kids playing some football, and one of them takes a huge shot. She's like, "Oh, I'd rather have my kid MMA fight." What the fuck are you smoking? Uh, at least the kid's wearing pads in football. Right. <laughs> it's You'd just, rather it's... your kid get punched or kicked.
1: Yeah, points. that and the kid took one hit, and I guarantee they pulled him off the fucking field. That kid's not getting sent back out to take 13 more hits for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Exactly.
3: Or fucking 50 or 100 because he doesn't right. get knocked out, you know? I'm it's... cool
2: if you wouldn't want... Like, that one got to me this week. Yeah, I'm cool yeah. if you don't want your kid playing football nowadays because it is kind of a dangerous sport. It's a double-edged but sword. But I mean... Why would you want your kid fighting over
3: fucking playing football. If you think football is dangerous, that's just... That was ridiculous. <laughs> well, see, and, and that's where I think it's a double-edged sword. Part of that is, now me being a parent going, do I want to see my kid in there at 17 doing that? Yes, because it's cool, but at the same time I wouldn't sign off on that. Right. You want to do that? Go into a league where they still make you wear full fucking head gear, the, the bigger padded yeah. gloves, padded shin guards, all of that. I'm perfectly alright with that kind of thing. But not to the full point of four ounce gloves and a fucking mouthpiece. Not right.
1: I I agree with that, but I also think I know exactly why this happened. Like literally, I think I know exactly why this happened. Uh, For those of you who scan the MMA news as as hard as some of us do, uh, you'll remember that I believe it was two and a half, maybe three months ago now, uh, one FC made the youngest professional fighter signer ever to a 17-year-old girl with 23 professional kickboxing matches under her belt already, and then announced not only is she signed, but she will be making her debut on the first of its kind one on Amazon Prime card. This signature for the 17-year-old in the contender series was originally announced the same week that it was announced that Dana was in talks to put the UFC on Hulu. I think this was quite literally Dana trying to give Chautry a tit for tat, anything you can do, I can do better kind of thing. He was going to sign a 17-year-old, bring him on the Contender Series so they could get multiple fucking showings before they got their contract, and then to one-up the two cards they're going to put on Amazon Prime Dana was going to sign a whole fucking contingency deal with Hulu just to give Chaudhary that, <laughs> and they both turned out to backfire because now everybody's like, "Wait a goddamn minute! Seventeen years old against these U.S. killers that we're running through the fucking gauntlet lately. Like, maybe this is a little bit much." And then we saw the whole Hulu thing fall through, and it's like. I think this was Dana thinking a little too, or thinking a little slower than he was moving, as it were.
3: And, and don't get me wrong; it's he, the kids gonna fight a contender series fire, so they're not anything fucking great to behold. I mean, don't get me wrong; we every once in a while find the diamond in the rough, the Super Sadiq Yusuf's, and things like that, but they're pretty far and f- few and far between when it comes to contender series. So, I mean. Who knows? We'll see. I wish the kid the best, but still think it's a bad move on the parents' part. And it's good for the kid. Kid's gonna learn a lot, or he's gonna get knocked out. One of the two.
2: Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring that up to start the the contender series segment. Mm-hmm. Me.
3: Get me all fucking fired up like, before we get into
2: anything. Yeah, that was a, that was a good topic, man. I like, guess I feel the same way. It's like mixed emotion. I'm really excited for the kid, uh, but at the same time, it just feels slightly fucked up. And you hope that it's it's not like, you know, Michael Jackson and his own dad. You hope that his dad's not kind of pushing him into You hope that he loves that shit and wants to do it for the rest of his life instead of his parents maybe trying to use right. his talents. Yeah, the last thing we need is for MMA a to take over. F- kind of thing. Like, well, yeah, the
1: last thing we need is for MMA to get fucking invaded by fucking pageant moms and shit who are pushing their kids to join MMA because they couldn't. Well... But uh to move Uh, on You know, to be honest, I'm okay with that too. Just
3: (laughs) those pageant moms that couldn't make it and they push their kids into it, they're gonna feel real bad when their kids get fucked up. And to be honest, there's some parents out there that need that shit. I'll say it right now. Sometimes you need to feel bad because you are not as good of a parent as you think you are.
2: But uh, to move on with a little recap of what we saw on Tuesday, uh, to start off, we had Nazim Sadikov Z- Fucking, he he got a contract. This was one of the couple that I actually liked. I uh, I do like the fact that he's a Ray Longo guy. You know, he had Ray Longo in his corner, and uh, Ray Longo and the guys have had a couple other, you know, guys on the series so far that. Couldn't make it like Charlie Campbell a couple weeks ago. You know, he wound up getting knocked out by Chris Duncan in a crazy comeback fight. Well, Sadiqov took a good bit of damage throughout the start of the fight and came back in round three and got the finish. It was pretty impressive. He showed he's a tough guy and showed he could get the finish. Is he a huge prospect? No, but, you know, a little bit of a favoritism, I guess, because of the Ray Longo situation. You got to love Ray Longo as a fucking coach. Um, I'm going to save the, the ladies fight towards the end Because I feel like I would like You guys' input on The point I'm going to make with that We'll move on, Claudio Ribeiro He got a crazy fucking knockout One of the contracts that I feel like Slightly deserved, he came in with A pretty decent record, had a lot of knockout Experience, he goes out there and gets a crazy First round finish and he, That's what you want to see on the Contender Series, I guess, you want to see that Excitement and if they don't really show any excitement, then you know they don't deserve a contract. In my opinion, that's where we give the cans and contenders aspect because a lot of the fights just wind up to a boring decision. You don't see much excitement off of the contender series, even though Dana, in the past couple weeks, she's just throwing contracts around. We're going to get that to that in a second. And we had uh, the main event. I'm going to jump to this real quick, and then we'll travel back. The main event we had Thomas Paul. I found out he during the contender series, he's deaf. I didn't research enough into him before the watching the contender series and everything to know that he was deaf. So he battles through that. And so mad respect to him. And he actually looked really good at the start of the fight. He was getting some good shots in there on Esteban Rubevich. Rubevich Rub- Rub- just kind of came back and busted him up and got the TKO finish. And he wound up getting the contract as well. So there was three contracts that felt like somewhat deserved there could be some potential out of those three guys Then we had jose johnson fighting jack cartwright i was excited for jack cartwright going into this week like i talked about last week he had 10 and 0 had some knockout experience and all that jose johnson coming in 14 and 7 and again i get hit with the curse of the second chance contender he'd been on the contender series before and i had researched that i knew it and i still just I didn't trust it. The 14-7 and 7 guy, even if you've been on the contender series before, this 10-0 and 0 guy that's got knockout power, I thought Jack Cartwright was going to get it done. Jose Johnson kind of laid it on him. I uh, loved at the beginning of the fight, Jack Cartwright, you know, g- gave a little nipple pinch. I don't know if you guys even saw the post on UFC. You probably didn't watch the fight, but it was fantastic. Like, while he's getting the name call, he's just sitting there, like, and you're like, just give a little nipple twist, like, and get himself all ready for the fight. That, that was fucking hilarious. He got his ass beat, though. <laughs> he tried to get all horny before the fight and kind of got lit, and not fully laid out, but he just got controlled. Jose Johnson was able to get him down to the ground and just kind of ground and pound his way through the fight, especially in the last round of it. He wins by decision, and um, Dana himself even mentioned that he just liked the guy's story. So he's like he's had two chances on the contender series. The first time he lost, the second time he wins by decision even if he beat a dude that had some potential there. And he just kind of admits in the press conference, I like the guy's story. You know, we're not supposed to be giving contracts because you like it like the other week with Jamal Pokes. The dude sits there for three rounds, just jabbing, 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 literally just throwing the left jab too, not even a, a right, a left-right, you know? It's such a boring fight, and especially for a heavyweight, you give him a contract because you like the dude's personality. with. You're not supposed to be giving contracts. You know, this isn't a fairy tale story. Even if you're only paying them, what, 5000 5000 for a contender series fight, and you're going to pay them 10 and 10 if they win and you give them a contract. I know you're not paying them much. We shouldn't be giving away contracts to this bullshit. So I wanted to bring that. But then this ladies' fight, we also had Haley Cowan get a contract. Uh, absolute boring fight, right? It was just an average fight. She gets the win by decision and Dana as well, admits this. There wasn't much about the fight, but there's just something about her. I can't quite put my finger on it. How about I put my finger on it for you, dumbass? You just lost Shane Burgos, and you're trying to get some cheap talent hoping something hits. But this is where I'm confused, because last week we had an actual decent ladies fight, and Carolina Wojcik, and see, this is where I wanted your guys' opinion on this. This is why I say this for last. Carolina Wojcik, even if she gets a decision win, goes out there and just absolutely dominates, shows some fucking potential. This is what you want to see, right? You just – a glimpse of potential, that's the point in the contender series. You've got Cans, who just absolutely do nothing. I think ha- Hayley Cowan, respect, you know, the – I'm doing it myself. I'm going to the gym. It, it takes a lot of dedication to get to any point like where they're at, to get a chance on a contender series, give them the respect where it's due. But this fight was awful, and there's nothing special to me about Haley Cowan. There's no, she even said in the press conference herself she's scared, and she's worried now like there's a little bit of pressure on her because she feels like she has to like live up to it because Dana White gave her a chance. I don't see any personality. I don't see any full confidence in herself and she didn't put on a good fight and we had all of that with a nice polish lady last week why the fuck didn't she get the contract and it just continues a further point you give this contract to jose johnson and this Haley cowan girl and you you screw a nice polish chick out last week and then the bow nickel thing i'm just it's just making it very dana white is making it very hard for me to come on here week by week and try to sell the contender series the way he would want it himself right like oh tune in these will actually be decent fights there's some potential here you might enjoy seeing one of these finishes and look to see this fighter in the future no it's hard to fucking sell that when you're giving everybody a contract and you're snubbing people that actually show the potential and giving it to someone and even admitting it there was nothing in the fight but there's just something about her i can't put my finger on it but so I wanted to know what you guys thought about that too. The snub on Wojick last week and this bullshit that we you, you may not have watched Tuesday, but just me telling you about how things went well, down this Tuesday.
3: I, I can say I didn't watch this Tuesday. I watched last Tuesday. And those ladies last Tuesday did fucking put on a hello show and she definitely deserved a fucking contract. And my even if it was just a developmental contract to say hey you're in the fucking door but then on the other side of this dana making sense doing anything i'm not fucking surprised about it all that dude look you know goddamn well bo nickels is a fucking draw that should have been a contract no doubt and you go oh there's something about this person There wasn't anything great get, dude get fucked You're just trying to fill a roster slot and pray to God it fucking works out. You should have went with somebody last week who actually looked better. But then again, when you're, by the sounds of it, this week was pretty meh at best. When you're choosing between a giant douche and a turd sandwich, the answer isn't always fucking obvious on who you should or should not give a fucking contract
1: to So, I mean, there is that. Yeah, my my biggest issue was the the fucking ladies fight. Like Dana's so inconsistent with how he decides dudes have to get a finish or have to fight for the finish to get a contract, and then the next fight out, some dude who barely fucking slubs his way through a decision gets a fucking contract. So that's almost to be expected at this point. That's that's honestly half the reason why I don't watch the Contender Series very very often. Uh, But my big problem was you're going to tell me Last weekend, that Wojcik comes in as a puncher, out grapples a jiu-jitsu submission specialist and grinds her to a very hard-fought decision and nothing in that fight interested him, but a girl who comes in and admits that she was scared to throw a punch and be hit and looked extremely timid for 15 boring fucking minutes. There's quote-unquote something about her come on
2: yeah like i said it makes it hard for me to have my little segment man it's just he, he he's just feeding into the mentality most fans have especially guys like the both of you you know that have been watching fights for decades so you don't give a flying fuck about the contender shit and you never really have so it's like That's that's my job is to try to get people to give a little bit of a fuck because I just love fights for fights. And I would love for, you know, like what we've had with Jamal Hill, Sean O'Malley. You know, we've had some decent fighters come. Sadiq Yusuf, we're going to see him later this year fight uh, here in just a little bit, actually fighting here pretty soon. Yeah. So, I mean, we do have some really, I feel like, guys I'm looking at that I'm excited to see fight. Not that I necessarily think we'll get to the championship. Maybe Jamal Hill has a little bit. I like Sean O'Malley. I'd like to hope he gets there, but I'm keeping that realistic. He's probably not going to be Peter net. I don't see that day happening like he thinks. The championship, no. Him being a clown, putting on decent fights, maybe knocking some people out, yeah. I like the guy, but I don't ever see him getting a championship let alone win it. I'm going to be realistic. So, But it it, would be nice if Dana didn't, you know, if he pulled his head out of his own ass, do some research. He says every week he doesn't do any research about these people, about these fighters, before he watches the fight. Maybe you should just to actually know what the fuck you're watching like like what Meter pointed out with Wojcik last week that she's a striker and then the chick she's fighting is a submission specialist and she goes and out grapples so if you had that little inkling of fucking research about them before the fight then you would actually know holy shit that's unexpected I didn't fucking expect that it's just how, how could you be the, the man running the business and you don't even know what the fuck you have no information about the fighters and the fights you're putting together. It just
3: seems... There's a reason why we don't watch stupid. that, and I don't watch the, what is it, the Looking for a Fight series. Fuck them both.
2: <laughs> but I'll try, to, I'll try to give you guys some sort of excitement. I mean, personally, for me, this Look. week, I feel like it's going to be a little boring, but... I'll try. I'll try my best to give you some sort of excitement. There's going to be potential on this. There is a difference
3: between excitement and elevated blood pressure. You're walking a very (laughs) thin line here. Don't make either one of us have a heart attack. That's all I'm saying, just because we don't need that elevated blood pressure around here.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so we get another ladies fight. We get Denise Gomez. This one slightly interests me, and she's fighting Rayanne DeSantos. So DeSantos is coming in with an in-between record, 11-5, and five, but she's got seven submissions and a couple of technical knockouts. So she's got a lot of finishes for a 27-year-old. Uh, Gomez is 22 years old. So I feel like that's the most exciting thing about this chick. Uh, she's got three technical knockouts and knockout. Um, so there's that. Uh, try to give you... Another exciting fight. I know there was one person on this week, Harrison De Silva. he he's been on the uh, contender series before. They won by decision and didn't get a contract, and they're giving him another shot. He's 11-1, 31 years old. Seems like a little bit old, even though he's got a decent record. It's uh, I, I'm, I'm going with this guy this week, even though I don't feel he should get a contract, even if he gets a finish. I just don't feel like, He's worried that you give him a shot before he comes out with a boring fight. Why do you even give these people a second shot on Contender Series? That's part of like – it just feeds into your guys' argument is why you don't even watch the show because it's you're not taking it serious enough. You get the one shot, and that's it. If you don't fucking do something impressive, you should never get back on. But um, I, I feel like the the main event, we might get some excitement with it. Uh, we've got a 22-year-old, Eduardo Nevis. He's five and a – well, both guys are five of them. They've had five professional fights. They're undefeated, and they both have a lot of finishes. It's similar, though. This is where it's kind of hilarious. They both have three first-round finishes out of five of their fights, and the other two fights are second-round finishes. So He's neither one, one of them have round. ever seen a third-round and then it, it's just the literal opposite. So Nevis, his last three fights have been first round finishes. His first two fights in his career were the second round finishes. And it's the opposite for the guy he's fighting, Michael Parkin. Parkin, his first three fights were first round finishes. His last two were second round finishes. If that's anything you could take from it, that's it. Right? That one guy's been on the tear of getting the first round finishes. One guy started his career that way. And he's been, but neither one of them has seen a third round. So this is to meet the main event. There could be some potential. We're gonna see somebody probably get finished. Right? So you got some young potential here. I'm excited about another ladies' fight. I, I like the the twenty two year old Denise Gomez. Maybe maybe there's some potential with her and the, the main event. So it's like not a lot of excitement here this week. I don't like like I said, Given giving another guy another chance i'm gonna pick him on the topology this week i'm not gonna get screwed by that fucking curse of the return of the contender again but um 31 year old even if he's 11 and 1 it's just what what potential is there he wins the contender series and you're able to give him maybe some fun fights in the ufc just a little too old you wouldn't think championship potential especially when he already had the one shot Sadly, this week is hard to hype up, but hopefully we'll get another decent ladies fight like we did a couple weeks ago with Wojcik, and hopefully he won't fuck it up. If Gomez goes out there, has a good fucking showing, maybe give her a fucking contract, get a decent lady in the mix, and hopefully we'll get a decent main event with two young guys with almost damn near identical fucking records. It's fucking hilarious and ironic. So that's it for me on this week's segment.
1: Very nice. Thank you very much for your time. So much appreciated. So that being said, that will bring us to our other new segment for season seven here. Tapology with TJ. All right.
3: I said last week we're coming in hot now because we're going to start going back and looking at last week's picks, namely at UFC cards. However, this week there is a caveat to that because we had a Bellator card last week where everybody did fairly well. And I'm not going to go over the exact results of that, but I am going to make a mention of it as I'm going over the UFC results for a good reason, because somebody in our group tripped over their own dick from Friday to Saturday. It was absolutely horrendous. And I am sorry to say that, but it is what it is. Uh, so, uh, going back to last week, we're going to start right at the top. Old host here. Fucking host with the most this last weekend. Meter coming in hot with solid 610 points. Main man Christian here. Comes in at second. Lucky bitch with three perfect picks. To outdo it you that by man, points. Goddammit. Those three perfect picks. That's what fucking got you this What's week. Doing? I had a whole bunch of you great fucking me. picks. Some semi-perfects. Coming in in third with 520. I can't tell you how much I was fucking jumping up and down screaming and yelling when Cheeto
2: Vera got that knockout. Just because I knew I got it perfect on Tapology. I guessed him getting the finish around round four. I was like, how in the holy living fucking hell did I call that When I had the fucking perfect card the other fucking week and then I get the main event fucking perfect this week. I was like, I may not have had the whole card perfect, but I was happy for me to still get second place behind Peter, and then I got the main event perfect. God damn! I, I, Obviously,
3: you it. are not sharing homework with your brother at all because um he did like no it. he
2: won't he won't pay attention to it. I've been giving him shit about
3: it, and trust me, you'll I'll
2: give him shit tomorrow. That's on the okay. Too. He can catch a little hell.
3: I'll ca- I'll give him some hell right now. Do a little more homework, Sunshine. 'Cause um four hundred and fucking thirty-five points ain't gonna cut it in this league. He was and, telling
2: me earlier today he's trying to take Leonardo Santos over Jared Gordon, and I'm like, dude, you're doing it again. What the fucking hell are you smoking here?
3: Surprisingly, our UFC insider had no picks in this week. Don have no idea what the fuck happened this week. But apparently he didn't have a straight source to inside information. Otherwise, he would have fucking won and beat us all again. But you know, uh, no, he didn't show. But here's where my honorable mention comes in. Uh, Lucas out here. Um One of our viewers here joined here recently. Friday night, absolutely fucking murdered. I mean, absolutely murdered the Bellator card. Okay. Pulling in on five seventy five. Taking the top spot, and it was near. but Christian, myself, all all in Axis. And the avocado way down at the bottom. Speaking of which, the avocado did not have any picks this um, last week either. um. So the avocado fell off for um, Saturday. But Lucas, you tripped over your own dick coming into Saturday, man. With that big old head, a little too stiff, and nope, tripped right over it. Hard, hard, hard to move, man. Hard to fucking move. But man... It was a fucking fantastic week of picks as far as our group is concerned as a whole. We did phenomenally, even if we did have a little slip up there on Saturday as a whole. Picks were great. Glad to see everybody is paying attention and taking in and learning from what we're putting out there. Like I said, we don't cover like the entirety of the Bellator cards. So Bellator cards are kind of like the wild, wild fucking West over there. But for, as far as the UFC cards are concerned, everybody's right on top of it now. Don't get us wrong, when we're making these picks, these are not solid. These are what we think are going to happen. A lot of times that does happen, but there are other times where you can go in and look at our topology and go, what the fuck were these guys thinking? But that's where this is. Everybody has a punch of chance. Everybody has a chance to choke somebody out. Weird shit happens sometimes. Weird things happen when you party naked. Same concept fucking but this week no it we were spot fucking on as a whole and you know um albeit some random bullshit perfect picks i definitely would have had a second place there i'm just saying definitely wasn't taken first this week but um, you know you'll have that um, now uh, moving on to this week um for what is coming up here we're just gonna go over a couple um, I'm going to go over one fight in the early prelims, which, uh, to be quite honest, I think should be at least in the prelims. <coughs> and this is the only one I really want to cover as far as odds are concerned. Um, this is going to be the Amir Al- Al-Bazi, I'm probably fucking martyring his name, and Francisco okay. Figueredo. Uh, Figgy Small is a little fucking brother, or older brother, as it were. Um, but um, surprisingly enough, this fight sitting on the fucking early prelims. Um Francisco Figueredo has a chance to make it into the numbers this week. Now he's coming in as a pretty um favorable or a pretty unfavorable underdog here at a plus three fifty, or they've got Amir sitting as a minus four thirty-five
2: i I going to make a little point since you said you he's the coming at an underdog. I've been hearing a lot lately that the flyweight unders are a good lock. They've been winning a lot, like last week with Tyson Nam. So if we were able to bet or if you were going to bet, this is one of those divisions that seems like it's almost a lock for an underdog. So it's like as much as Al seems to be good, if I was actually going to put the money down, I would put a little bit down on Figgy since he's coming into the underdog.
3: Just go ahead and take all my thunder, goddammit. it!
2: No, I just wanted to make that point. I thought it was really cool. That's uh, where I'm. I
3: noticed the a reason why I was mentioning this fight like specifically, months. but it's okay. You go ahead and come in here and just steal thunder away from my fucking segment here. I'm not trying to step on your, <laughs> your goddamn toes, fucking bastard. Think because well, you I'm get fucking second idea. place I'm a couple just of trying times. To bring so. a
2: really awesome point. All right, were
3: coming for fucking blood this week, goddammit. it! <laughs> you already know what it feels like. <laughs> I do too, so I'm more than willing to throw. Uh, But, yeah, um, on this one here, this is, I think, one of the best underdog picks on the card overall. Um, Now, not saying he's going to have an easy time there, but coming off of that fucking last mission victory that he had out there in the first round, he's looking pretty fucking hot. He got himself back on track after that one little loss. He's looking pretty good in the UFC so far. He's definitely not like some other brothers in the UFC who just fucking quit mid-fight, so... You got a pretty good solid pick here as an underdog fight. Um, there wasn't any other ones on this early prelim card that I wanted to talk about, but I did want to talk about a fucking massive fucking favoritism on the women's side of the house coming in next. First, first fight on the fucking prelims: Miranda Maverick and Shanna Young. I'm not talking about this because Shanna Young's rule Blake or Miranda Maverick's a rule breaker. Although Miranda Maverick is pretty fucking solid across the board. But she's the largest favorite by woman on the fucking card at a minus six fucking 100. So um, that's pretty much, your, if you're going to bet money and want to win money, Miranda Maverick is that fucking money. Because to be honest, I don't think Jenna Young has a snowball's chance in fucking hell of beating her. Yeah, I'd uh, say that's that a solid is, pretty, pretty that, solid lock for sure. That is a good solid lock pick. You're going to have to spend a lot of money to make some good money off of that, but um, you know, it's a good solid pick if you want to say, "Hey, I bet and actually won," you know? Then um, uh, coming right up the card from there, you got uh, Luis Saldana and Sean Woodson. Um, surprisingly enough on this one, I thought it was going to be a little more of a coin flip as far as the odds were concerned. Because to be honest, they're about a horse apiece to me. But they've got Sean Woods coming in, Woodson coming in at a minus 340 favorite and Luis Saldana at a plus 280. That's a pretty large gap for something I don't think is there. However, um, that is one where if me, if I'm a coin flip person here, I'm gonna take Saldana as that underdog because that's a pretty good fucking odds. Make some money right there on a couple of guys that in the featherweight division, I would say are fairly irrelevant. And um, we're going to skip over Jared Gordon and uh, Leonardo Santos' fight because, to be honest, that is another one of those ones where it's pretty much a coin flip, in my opinion. I really think uh, Jared Gordon's probably got the edge in this, but they do have him as the favorite as a minus 265 and Leonardo Santos is a plus 225. Uh, but where I do want to come in here heavy is in the premier prelim spot. You got Marcin Tybura, ranked number 11, and Alexander Romanov. Coming in ranked number 13. Oddsmakers have this one fucking backwards in my opinion. Nobody has given Marcin Tabura any fucking respect. They got him at right now currently at a plus 280. You got Alexander Romanoff coming in at a minus 340 as the favorite. So I'm thinking they've got these odds a little backwards here. I'm not saying that Romanoff cannot beat Tabura. Because it's a possibility. He's had some pretty good showings as of lately. But everybody always underlooks that fucking Polak Tyburo. And I say that with the nicest sense of Polakery that I possibly can. But he's always overlooked. I'm telling you, this is another one of those underdog picks that I would make every fucking time. Give me Tyburro over Romanoff here. And to be honest, you might be in good favorite. To even possibly say that this one could possibly end in knockout, just saying because Tybura does have some knockout power on board. Now I'm not going to make that prop bet on this. I'm going to call him by decision, but it is one that is available out there, and as it's a bit of a weird, um, it's a bit of a weird show as far as um, how That's
1: they have weird. the odds. Vegas to run it like that.
3: But a lot of, look, here's a lot of that, a lot of things that have to do with odds here is what people are betting on. Yeah. People right now are betting on the Romanov fucking hype train because he does yeah, have a good train. Say, going.
1: Romanov's got a hype train pushing his odds up. And look, deep.
3: and for good reason, he does. I mean, if you look at his last couple of fights, he's coming in fucking just beating shit up. Look, his first his let's go back all the way to April of last year. F- fucking Esp- Espino, fucking relative nobody, barely beats him by a s- split decision in the third. Um, And he comes in, he gets uh, Jared Vandera, and fucking knocks him out in the second, comes out, and then on April 30th of this year, submits Sherman in fucking the first round. So yeah, he's got a legitimate reason to have the hype behind him. Granted, none of those guys are fucking rule breakers that he's beating, but minus the decision he's got some finishes on him so that's where people i think are seeing that hype train and i think because uh i'm not mistaken wasn't Ty Tyburo's last fight was a loss and so they're seeing, oh well how's he gonna come back he lost a unanimous decision to alexander volkov it's not like it was a fucking uh, walk in the park he didn't let vol volkov just fucking run away with it uh, the dude put up a legitimately good fight so and i mean okay Let's go to this fight before that, too. He fucking knocked out Walt Harris in the first fucking round. The dude is a legitimate badass. Also, may we also give him praise. Let's go back one more fight before that. Knocking out he who shall not be named. Fucking Voldemort. The dude has legitimate knockout power. I'm saying it's a pretty good fucking lock for him to get a fucking knockout. I'm not saying I'm going to take that bet. I would take it as a decision victory um, because what we've seen out of this um, Moldovan here in Romanov, is a fucking scary dude. And, but I don't think he's scary enough to take out uh, Marcin Tybura. So I would say your best underdog pick of the night right here, probably Marcin Tybura. To be quite honest, that's probably your best underdog pick. M- maybe next to Figgy. But right now, I would still say it's Ty Burrow over the figgy. Um, and that brings us right up into the fucking light heavyweights on the main card, opening the card, Tyson Pedro and Harry Huntsucker. Can we talk about a lopsided fucking um set of odds here? They have Tyson Pedro as a minus 730 favorite over a wow. Um. Plus 530 underdog. If I'm not mistaken, this is the biggest gap on the entire fucking card. Damn. So, um, right now, if you want to make money and make it quick, better than Harry Hansucker who probably, to be quite honest, is not going to win the fight. But... That's a pretty big fucking jump if you wanna if you wanna risk some money and I mean take a fucking that's money risk. odds
1: for sure yeah
3: that, that, that's a good that's a good betting fight right there and it's not that you're gonna make money if you bet on Pedro you'll make money if you bet on Harry and he wins uh, I'm not telling you to bet on him by any means but that's that's where your fucking money odds are but yeah strange as it is the biggest fucking offset in odds is on the first fight of the fucking main card. Uh, guys that, to be honest, in the light heavyweight division don't mean dick, because neither one of those guys I think is ever going to make it to the title. Then coming to Wu Yanan and Lucy Pudilova. This one is a legitimate coin flip. You have a plus 100 in Yanan and a minus 120 in Pudalova. This one Whatever you want. This is probably going to be the part in the card where you go get your popcorn, grab another beer, take a shit, uh, grab another um, little fucking pig in a blanket or whatever the fuck I'm you're eating. I'm still
2: wondering why they moved that one up to the main card. They swapped it for the Tiber and Romanov fight.
3: Look, weird shit happens. And they they obviously have been partying naked. And maybe it's because the next three fights on the card
1: are pretty interesting, to be quite honest. Um, I think I mean, it's because Tybora still isn't in fucking Salt Lake City yet. And the fight's in like four fucking days. And Romanov's been there since Monday. And they're like, well, if any fight's going to fall off. <laughs> and that could be, you know, um, coming into this next
3: fight, which I, to be honest, in my own opinion, should be the co-main event. But because of the way the UFC likes to do things, they like to put weird fights in weird positions. It's different when they're, if it was all three title fights in a row, I would get it because they're the lightest of the guys. But to be honest, this fight is better than what the co-main event is. But we're going to talk about it in briefly here. So you got Jose Aldo, King coming in at fucking number three in the Ben division. And you got Marab over there sitting number six. They have this as a fucking coin flip. And to be honest, I am fucking with this as a coin flip. I don't know who is going to win this fight. It's a tough fucking call because Aldo has found his fucking groove finally again. And that's a scary dude, but Marab is on a fucking tear. So you got a hell of a coin flip. Good luck betting on that one. At a, I mean, Jose Aldo coming in a 110 underdog. Marab is a minus 130 favorite. It's the epitome of a coin flip as far as the odds are concerned. Wow. Oh. That does bring us into our um, next one, which, to be honest, co-main event-wise, not the worst co-main event we've ever seen, but definitely not close to the best. Um, Paula Costa and Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold making his re-entry after fucking how many years away from the sport in three. To be honest, I'm surprised that the odds are as close as they are in this one, knowing how much ring rust is there. Now... Uh, to be honest, I thought they would be a lot wider on the odds, but apparently they ha- Apparently, the oddsmakers have a lot of love for Luke Rockhold because um, they've got him as only a plus 295 underdog. Only a plus 295 underdog. To be honest, I would think it to be a little bit higher of an underdog, namely because of his time away from the sport. And I'm not saying that um he deserves a higher one, but you would think that the oddsmakers would make that a little bit more. Uh, paulo Costa they've got as a minus 360 favorite uh mr fat bastard can't make wait to save his life but still thinks he's the most beautiful man on the fucking planet shit co-main event and look to be honest this is another one where i don't trust him paulo Costa. i don't like luke rockhold but i'm going to take luke rockhold in this as the underdog over apollo Costa every fucking day when it comes betting wise Luke Rockhold has been the champ. He knows what it takes to get there. So, he, yeah, he's been away for three years. Paulo Costa has also fallen off lately. Bad. So, just saying. There's another one of those upset picks. I've call, I'm calling a couple upsets for you guys this week to take your odds on here. Um, I'm not saying Paulo Costa can't win, but I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think Luke Rockhold gets it done. There's, there's your other underdog pick. Now, coming into the... Uh, main event in Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards. um, This is relatively close as well. To be honest, I thought they would have favored Kamara a lot more than they did. Um, They've only got him as a minus 360 favorite over a plus 295 in um, Leon Edwards. Surprisingly enough to me, I would have thought that with all of the shit talking that they do for Kamara and all the pushing that they give him, they would have gave him a little bit more of a edge here however i think what has hurt him the most is knowing that he took time off away to go and play movie star for a little while rather than focusing on training so that may be a, what they look at in hurting his odds a bit and i'm not saying leon edwards gets this done because to be honest i don't think he does as much as i would like to see that happen i think we're going to see Uzman Bressel fuck the shit out of him and finish it that way but you know smart money says take guzman better money says take edwards though you make more off of edwards but uh, to be quite honest that's where we're at with those um so, again a couple of good upsets in there and like i said the one lock pick i will say for the night is definitely miranda maverick Those odds makers are not wrong on that She legitimately is the lock in that division She did have a small stumble What was it, uh, last year or so But um, she's gotten herself I don't know, shit, it's been Yeah, it was last year, last year July She lost a split decision But she's come back and gotten her shit back together In her last two fights So she's back on that uptick Uh, I expect to see her up in the rankings Eventually here soon as well Couple upsets, and then next week uh, we will go over um, this week's picks for pay per view. So, um, if you are thinking about uh, joining us for the Isman Edwards, please go ahead and join the topology group. Uh, there's a link down below for it, if I'm not mistaken. Or you can look up "I'm No Bookie" altogether, no spaces. And was it group three, six, five or something like that? Nine six five. Nine, six, five. God damn it. That was close. You're almost there. <laughs> we almost, but almost only counts in hand grenades and horseshoes. And then like I almost had second place, but somebody threw a fucking hand grenade to get a couple of lucky fucking perfect picks.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, that was a rough fucking call, man. Like the last four fights in a row, he was in the lead and he had me by less than 10 fucking points. Like, he, ha- he was beating me by five points for three goddamn fights, and I was ready to pull what little fucking hair I have left out of my head. Because <laughs> it was literally the perfects that were keeping him just those five points above me, and I was like, come the fuck on! And then he got the last one perfect. It's like, are you fucking with me? But I had made up enough ground in the meanwhile where it fucking put me back over. I like, yeah, I lost those couple fights
2: before that because I had Onama over fucking Nate. So, yeah, yeah I lost that one. <laughs>
1: No, good good cards, good cards all around. But that being said, um, I would like to take just a quick moment here to differentiate the I'm No Joe podcast from the UFC. Unlike Dana White in the UFC, if we make a matchup around here and it falls through, We're not going to give you some last second bullshit that doesn't make sense. If we can put together a substitution, we will, but we're not going to lie to you about it. Originally tonight in the next round of the pit grand Prix here on season seven, we had a spectacular matchup lined up and because I'm not the type of dude, I'm not going to tell you who it was. What I will say is that both of our potential contestants for this evening have flaked out at the last minute. Um, Unfortunately, the alternates that we had lined up, uh, although I was able to reach out to them, were not able to make it on short notice. So unfortunately, we don't have the event that I had originally planned for you guys. And I'm not the type of dude that's just going to throw some bullshit in the wind and see what sticks to see if I can give you a last minute thrown together bullshit. Now, I wish... With all of my mighty wishes that there was someone out there who could step up on short notice and just be ready to just pop in, you know, like, when they were needed, like, out of nowhere, almost like... What is that? (laughs) It is, it is real. We have got ourselves a clown puncher. If only we had ourselves an (laughs) ultimate Fighter style scenario where we had someone who was fully capable, but just couldn't quite get it done in their first matchup and needed a chance at redemption to get the W back. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of appropriate ages, we have ourselves a pit.
2: <laughs> oh, so, welcome!
1: <laughs> I'm getting my contender series round two. <laughs> like I said, originally I did have a spectacular matchup planned for everyone this evening. Unfortunately, that did fall through. Luckily, it's a better matchup now. <laughs> I that. so as we do around here first things first the clown puncher has been absent for so long so we're gonna let our clown puncher kick things off here so first thing i need to know mr clown puncher round one we like to call hey mo get in here there is one fight on this card that nobody is talking about that everybody is just gonna fucking love when it breaks through What is that one fight for you, sir? That one fight's going to be for me is
0: when I'm in the middle of a fight and I got to run to the bathroom if I'm going to just go on the couch or if I'm going to run to the bathroom. (laughs) That's going to be the fight for me. (laughs) That's the biggest bet right there, baby.
1: (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do we have a fight, or is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right, that's what I thought. So, Christian, <laughs> that'll bring us back over to you, sir. Round one, opening question. Hey, Mo, get over here. Which fight on this card is the one that no one is talking about? And you know damn well is the one that people should be watching.
2: All right, I'm gonna go to one of the prelim fights for this one. It's Sean Woodson versus Luis Saldana. Uh, Saldana's got 14 finishes in his career, and Sean Woodson, you know, has looked good since he came off of the contender series. I mean, hell, he knocked out Terence McKinney in his contender series fight, and we've seen what Terence McKinney's been able to do since getting to the UFC. But I, I like Sean Woodson. He's three and one so far since he's got in there. His only loss of his career is to Julian Arusa. Arusa's a pretty fucking game, so of bench himself. So, I mean, Luis Saldana, that finishing potential, Sean Wood, Sean Woodson, you know, it's just it was a potential good fucking fight. So, I haven't heard about it a lot this week. If I was going to give him a fucking underrated Dark Horse fight, it would be Sean Woodson, Luis Saldana.
0: Ooh, Dark Horse, like the song? <laughs> I don't want to step
1: on no toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, round one, despite interesting answers on both sides and a potentially messy kickoff to the round, we are going to give the opening round point to Christian, the brother Slowbank. Starting things off on the slow side. I mean, mine was more of a dangerous fight. absolutely absolutely no no disputing that that's that's what i said it could have gotten messy but thankfully it did (laughs) not so now that being said round two here we'll kick it back over to christian you'll take this one first here so round two we like the opposite side of that coin we know what Ma's coming to look for now what the fuck am i watching The one fight on the card that everyone is so fucking happy to talk about. And it's going to suck dick on the corner for change in daylight.
2: I think this one's a little easy. Uh, I'm glad I got the first shot at it. And co-main event, Luke Rockhold versus Paulo Costa. I mean, it's been talked about like crazy, you know, fucking Luke Rockhold himself and some other people trying to buy for him getting another fucking title shot. Like we were talking about earlier on the podcast, TJ was mentioning it during his segment. Fucking been three-plus years. The ring rust is seriously there, and Rockhold's last two fights, he got knocked the fuck out by Michael Bisbee and then Yolel Romero, for fuck's sake. I like Luke Rockhold to a point. It's like an asshole versus an asshole fight. This is the other thing, though. I like him as a fighter, but he's one of the biggest assholes in the UFC. Apollo Costa, same thing. Full of himself, you know, like... TJ was saying earlier as well. He thinks he's Mr. Fucking Handsome. He's a fat-ass, can't fucking make weight. It's asshole versus asshole. It's been talked about way too much, so they got it in the co-main event slot. And we like TJ as well. Give the brother plenty of props. He mentioned that Aldo and Marab fight should be in the co-main event. So yeah, this is definitely the overhyped fight of what the fuck am I watching.
1: Interesting. So, Mr. Clown Puncher, that'll bring us back over to you here. So I would like to know what the fuck am I watching? There's one fight that everybody talks about that nobody should actually be watching. Which fight is that for you, sir?
0: Hmm. This is a tough one, okay? What were the people in the fight that he said? What were their names?
1: Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa. I'm, I'm going
0: to go with that same fight, but in a whole different way, because anybody with the name Apollo in there should be fighting a Russian. Is that guy Russian? Nope. <laughs> See, that is <just> messed up. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's going to be my final answer, too, because I don't think, you know, anybody named Apollo should be fighting anybody but a Russian.
1: Understandable. Understandable. So, that being said, eyes uh, dotted, T's crossed, points added up here. Uh, you both make very valid points. I, I agree with both of you. That co-main event is absolutely fucking something that everybody's talking about for all the wrong reasons. I, I, I think we might have a, a definite key point here. I think if we had... Maybe even if he just came out in the the Star Spangled Getup, even <laughs> though he's not fighting a Russian, I I would be so much more interested in that fight. So we're gonna have to give the point for round two here to the Clown Puncher for sure.
0: Tom, we'll hit my oh. baby. Oh,
1: sorry. That being said, <laughs> that'll bring us to round three, and Mister Clown Puncher, we will let you take this one first. So I did my this one.
0: You guys can tell, you know. <laughs>
1: For this one, we're, we're going to keep it in, in your wheelhouse, so to speak, as it were. We're staying in that co-main event, despite there not being a Russian, to keep our interests. I am curious how you see this fight playing out. How do you think that co-main event, despite no Russians, ends up for us? Well, if there's no Russians,
0: Apollo's going to win because, you know, what happens when he fights Russia, but still. So I think the Apollo fellow right there is going to win because dude's not a Russian. I I researched this for at least 12 hours today. I knew there were fights this weekend. It's about as far (laughs) as I got. (laughs) But I go from the gut. Unless it's a clown, then I go for the throat. But I'm going to go with Apollo.
1: Interesting. All right. I can see that. So that'll bring us back over to the other side of the coin here. Christian, that brings us to you. In this co-main event, despite there not being a Russian to keep our interest peaked, how do you think this one shakes loose? What you got, Christian? Give it to him. Oh. <laughs>
2: well, I, I, think, I think both dudes are fucking ahead. the head. So this is why I said this is not going to be, you know, uh, it's the over-type fight, right? And it's not going to be that exciting to me. I like Luke Rockhold as a fighter. I'd like to see him come back. I feel like if he can get the fight to the ground, we, we'd we see him dominate the fight. No different than when he won the championship against Chris Weidman. Uh, Paulo Costa, we know. he's already, He was already trying to avoid this fight. It was supposed to happen back in June. Pushed it back to July. And then pushed it back to this month again. So we're finally getting it. We don't even know if he's going to make weight. We'll find out tomorrow morning, I guess, right? Yeah. And then it's up to Luke Rockhold if he still wants to take the fucking fight if he doesn't fucking make weight. So I think it's a shit show either way. I think if uh, Luke spent the three years learning how to fucking dodge the left hook, maybe he won't get knocked out. If he can get it to the ground, maybe he'll finish costing. Yeah. I feel like it's an even match kind of shit show. I do think Luke Rockhold will get it to the ground and get it done, but that's just mainly because I hate Costa more. Like it's asshole versus asshole. It's no different than choosing the president of the United States. It's how I feel about it.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, let me. Let
0: me one thing, real fast. Yeah, go ahead. I, I did. I didn't get it back in the first one because I forgot what their names were. Um, and I remember Apollo, but. Is the other guy, Luke Rockhold, where the move the old dick twist came from? Because Rockhold is kind of like an yeah, old dick twist.
1: I don't know if that's <laughs> where the move came from, but that's Luke probably- is definitely type of dude that might give you a Rockhold if you...
2: <laughs> <laughs> or like
1: if you tapped his foot under the stall in the bathroom. You know. Oh, uh, <laughs> <the old> Rockhold. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that being said, though, uh, tallies for round three, eyes dotted, T's crossed, carry that extra one, uh, valid points on both sides here. Uh, we are going to give the point for round three though, to the brother Christian. Uh, I, I, I think it be, is going to go bro. to the ground at some point. <laughs> and, and as much as I don't like either one of them, I, I just, I can't root for pasta, man. I can't, it's too much carbs. All right, so that brings us to round four, the opposite side of the round three coin, as it were. Uh, Mr. Clown Puncher, this one will be for you as well. The main event, the title fight, the reason we are in Salt Lake City, aside from seeing a live Book of Mormons episode. Uh, Kamaru, the Nigerian Nightmare Usman versus Leon Scott Edwards. How does that fight play out, sir?
0: All right. Me, right? Wait. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so... We got the Nigerian Usman... Versus a gentleman named Leon. Okay, there's only one Leon. And, and he was a cleaner. And I don't think that's that guy. And I like Usman. Usman, the I mean... A lot of my clown punches, I watch a couple of his jabs and right hooks and stuff, so that might have something to do with it, but the other ones are just uppercuts. Taker. So I'm going to go with Usman, because I only know one Leon and that area. Oh no, I know two Leons, but the other one was in the Dukesies. But I'm going to go with Usman. Plus, my GPS is a Nigerian woman, so I got to agree with her.
1: <laughs> I mean, we, we've had way worse answers given on this show. Absolutely. So, that being said, that'll bring us over back to the opposite side of the octagon, as it were. Uh, Christian, that brings it to you, sir. With this title fight main event in Salt Lake City for us here, what would Brian Boitano do? <sighs> What would Boy Boy Tommy do?
2: Well, I'm gonna just throw my honest opinion out there. I love going for the fucking underdog. I want to see Leon win, so I'm picking Leon to get the win. Uh, Kamaru Usman is one of the pound for pound best. I kind of want to rank Volk or Izzy above him at this point, but you know, at the same time. None of them have really defended their belts too many times against too many great people. This is the first time uh, Kamaru's fought somebody that wasn't a second go. Right, He fought Colby twice. He fought Jorge twice. The first fight against Colby, he was well disturbed, like we mentioned earlier. This is good to me just because Leon's got good striking ability. So, maybe... He could outstrike strike I feel like Kamaru's going to try to wrestle. We might just get a boring-ass fight like we did against Israel and uh, Jared Kananier at 276. I'm just hoping Leon gets that striking going and we see a fucking war happen for a main event. Let's get an actual fight. Even if he doesn't pull the underdog off, I'm going underdog so I love taking the dogs. fuck. Interesting.
1: Valid points on both sides here. I, I will say. Um, Sorry. Let's see. We sounds- had the ones, we carry the twos. Um, I've got to say this one was, was a, a contested point and it was really tough, but I think it came down for me at least to the fact that you said Leon has good striking, despite the fact that Nate Diaz pimp slapped him after. 14 and a half minutes of slapping around something. something yeah, I, like that. I didn't
2: say anything uh, about his defense.
1: The defense is different than the strike. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's true. That's he true. But up
2: for four and a half rounds, and then he got fucking rocked at the end of the fight.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Chin that's suspect,
2: true
1: but buddy. We, it was it was that close. I was I was ready to give you the point, and then. <laughs> Got to throw in the bit about Leon striking, and Nate Diaz literally 209 slapped him. So for that, I have to give the point for round four to the clown puncher. And if you've been following the show and you know how to maths, you'll know. That means we are all tied up and we have no choice but to go to the sudden death overtime winner take all round five question. This is how I do it. As you know, Round five has nothing to do with the card at hand and what we've currently been talking about. And since we have two unprepared fighters, short notice combatants, if you will, here, I'm going to give you both a chance to get in on the pick here. Since the clown puncher has had the longer layoff, I am going to allow him to answer first, but I'm going to give you both a chance to have a say in your own deciding factor. So, Mr. Clown Puncher, I would like you to choose left or right. Can I get some music? No, sorry. We <laughs> make sounds on the flat, and we go out and we do the bit again.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with
1: right. Okay. I'm so the your head, you know. We are going with the right. <laughs> I need one through three. The choice is yours.
0: Choose correctly.
1: One, two, or three.
2: For me? Yep. I'm picking number. Okay, it's
1: two. All right. So that means for our round five question, we're going to the right row. Question number two. That was so hard. I thought this was the question. (laughs) Our question for round five, gentlemen. With rumors abound, being spread on one side and doused just as quickly on the other, do we ever get to see Connor versus Floyd Mayweather 2? Mr. Clown Puncher? I would love. Here, I would love to see
0: that, just because I, I've always been a big Conor McGregor fan. Because I like the shit talker, you know what I'm saying? From the South Side, that's what we do. We talk shit, even if you got a fucked up arm, we're talking shit about it. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, if I mean Floyd May, Mayweather's like always broke anyway, so I I would say. No, probably not. I just couldn't see it no more. So I'm going to go with no, even though I would love to see it. Like I, you know, I hang out in Tartarus all the time. It's hot down there. I like to come up to the cool spot where there's like more clowns, but stupid down there. But anyway, I'm going to go with no.
1: You an answer? Good answer. So, Christian, that will bring us back over to you. Round five, sudden death winner takes all. Redemption round. The question, sir, do we ever see Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather 2?
2: All right. So I'm going to give a similar answer, but change it up a bit. I'm going to say no. We're never going to see it again. But I'm also going to say I don't ever want to see it again compared to the Mr. Clown Puncher there. Floyd Mayweather's just got on an age. And I know the only reason he's still been putting on exhibition matches, he blows his fucking money. He's had a ton of businesses and he's always put himself off as this rich guy. He's got a bunch of money. But why else would he still even consider the idea of fighting Connor if it wasn't for just you need the money? Right, but he's he's off in age. I want to see Conor get back in the ring, and we did just a few weeks ago. <clears throat> see on Connor's Instagram, are you ready to see the greatest sporting comeback in history? Right, he he, he said that himself. So it, it, I think his full intentions are getting back in the octagon, trying to get his legacy built up, going after some sort of championship, whether it's going after Kamaru Usman or. You know, whoever holds the 155 belt after Abu Dhabi. We know the UFC's probably already promised Charles Oliveira, knowing that they're going back to Brazil in January. If he beats Islam, he'll probably get Connor. We know how much they fucking like Connor, just like the brother Clown Puncher said. We all love Connor's shit, Todd. So I'd rather see him in the octagon than the boxing ring. I'd rather just see Floyd Mayweather actually retire and see him get back in the boxing ring.
0: It's, let's, it's let's get Connor back
2: in the fucking octagon. Let's have him have a real fight. He can he can make just as much money in a real fight that he could another fucking crappy boxing match. Will make what two hundred fifty thousand pay per view sales?
1: Something like that, yeah.
2: Not that I many people would watch that. Though.
1: <laughs> interesting, interesting points on both sides here. Uh, one more, one uh, more quick after, point.
0: I can't. Uh, one more quick point. I don't even yeah. know how to spell redemption, but I like to say Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> all right, sir.
1: So, that's all right. Uh, adding up the last of the scorecards here. Um, I I think after a close, controversial call, we've had a discussion here in the commission. This one might be one of the closest we've had, despite actually having our first draw on the show just a couple of weeks ago. This one might even have been closer than that fight was. This might be our match to set the bar with this might be the standard going forward if you can't bring this don't bring anything at all this could be the weights and measures for the pit grand prix that being said both points very appreciable very knowledgeable hard to deny either way it goes here i would like to congratulate both of you on stepping up on short notice for this last-minute replacement fight.
0: Oh No problem.
1: We are going to call the winner of this match by the thinnest of already split-end cunt hairs. <laughs> the clown puncher. Oh! By the narrowest of decisions, Christian, your, your retirement segment was so close to swaying us over so fucking close it ultimately in the end the, the clown puncher just swept it undeniably <laughs> and I have to take my hat off to both of you gentlemen for the appearance i would like to thank both of you for your time this fine evening i appreciate you both i look forward to the next episode of the pit grand prix going forward just to remind all of you fine folks there are no major combat sport events next weekend so there will be no i'm no joe next week you get a one week reprieve and then we come back with potentially the second highly excuse me the second highest requested pit matchup we have ever had we're bringing it to the Grand Prix when we come back September 1st. So, that being said, September. who have made it that, here a man, bro. It live. Thank you to everyone, whether you were catching us live here on Thursday nights over on youtube.com slash I am no Joe, or you were listening to this as background noise via your podcast consumption platform of choice from anchor.fm slash I am no Joe. Either way, we appreciate you and we thank you for your time. We are going to call that all for this particular episode. So remember, if you like what we get up to around here, give us a thumbs up. Make sure your notifications are turned on. Subscribe. Tell a fucking friend. We love you for it. On the other side of that coin if you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, why the fuck are you still this deep into a podcast you don't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That's all we've got for this particular episode. So remember folks, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless it's a clown. Fuck clowns. Yeah, fuck clowns.
0: Any clown puncher just don't give a fuck. So. How do I say goodbye to what we have? The good times.